0: The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Valmark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. All right, well while the ushers distribute the study sheets, we can go ahead and um you can go ahead and open your Bibles too. Uh, Jude, the book of Jude. We're going to begin there eventually. Uh, so we're we're looking at, we're studying being servants of the living God, and uh, we talked about the first week. We talked about what it means to be a servant, and where we are to serve, and when we are to serve. Then we looked at three prerequisites for being a servant of God. Three things that are necessary if we are to to serve God. One of them, of course, the main one is that we must be a child of God. We must be born again. But we said, number one, we must choose to serve God. I like Joshua, in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, when Joshua said, Choose you this day who you will serve. And that's that's what comes it comes down to in our life. Who are we going to serve? Are, are we going to serve God? Are we going to serve mammon? Are we going to serve self? Uh, we must choose. So as, uh, as children of God, we must choose who we will, <coughs> will serve. Excuse me. Allergies are bothering me a little bit this morning. Number two, I said we must commit to serving God. Uh, Without a commitment to God, we will we will change our heart. Real simple. Um takes commitment to make anything, any kind of relationship last. Uh, I when I talk to young married couples, if they're having a little problem, I always tell them this, you must commit to each other. Your marriage will not succeed unless you are committed to one another. And, and you need to, you need to, your entire life needs to be wrapped up in your spouse. Needs to be a total commitment. And, and the same is true with our relationship with God. Now, can I, can I just quickly say God is totally committed to us? Anyone doubt that? God is committed to us. He's, He's made promises and, and He stays, He sticks with those promises. No matter what, He, He he overlooks our faults and weaknesses and is committed to you and me. And we must be committed to the Father. And then thirdly, I said, we must continue in our service to God. Oh, if I could, in the 37 plus years I've been in the ministry, I've, I've seen countless number of people start and quit. And you know, Jesus said, any man who puts his hands to the plow and then forsakes, is not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. We must continue. How long? Well, until the Lord calls us home. We are to continue in our service to God. But then uh, I started looking at attributes of a servant of God. <clears throat> and so far we've looked at, we've actually looked I think at 14, but let me, let me go down the list real quickly. First, I said service will demand sacrifice. We will sacrifice sacrifice. Uh, in our efforts to serve the Lord, we're going to sacrifice relationships. Some of the older friends we had, we no longer, we can no longer um, have those associations. So we make many sacrifices. Um, sometimes even those of our own household. When I, when I got saved and started serving the Lord, my family, not, not my wife and, and children, but my brothers and sisters, my brother and sisters and my parents, um, our relationship was greatly strained, and and there were many sacrifices that had to be made there. Uh, service will lead us to suffering. Uh, it's not a bed of roses, folks, despite what the TV evangelists want you to believe. Once you get saved, it's not a, it's not a highway, uh, a smooth running straight highway. It's there's a lot of suffering involved in being a believer and serving the Lord. Remember, the scriptures tell us that they that will live godly shall what? Suffer persecution. Uh, number three, we said service will result in selflessness. Through our efforts to serve the Lord, we tend to forget about ourselves. <laughs> and we think about those around us. We put others before ourselves. And we have to be careful with that, and we talked about that, that over the years I've known people that are so selfless they didn't look to their own spiritual health. And in their efforts to help others, they sacrifice themselves. And that's not the will of the Father. God wants us to He wants us to have a close and loving relationship with Him. But we're not primarily concerned with ourselves. We look to the needs of those around us, to others. Number four, a servant of God is faithful. Not much has to be said there. Number five, a servant of God is fearless. Fearless. Jesus said, fear not. Fear not those that can kill the body and then have nothing more they can do. Uh, We don't have to be afraid of this world. We don't have to be afraid of, of of the consequences of serving the Lord because we are safe in his hands. And if it's God's will that I suffer, it's God's will that I suffer. And no matter what I do, I won't be able to avoid it. So we are fearless in our, in our service to God. Uh, a servant of God is fervent. Listen, the attitude that, well, you know, it doesn't matter today. Someone else will, 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 will take up the slack. No, a servant of God is fervent. He's, he, he's zealous for his, for his service for God. He's, he's eager to serve. He's enthusiastic to serve. Uh, Next, we said that a servant of God maintains fellowship. We maintain fellowship with the Father. We look to our own lives. We examine our own hearts. We judge ourselves. We don't judge anyone around us. We judge ourselves. And and I ask myself, are you right with God? I don't don't go to Matt and say, Matt, are you right with God? I already know he's not right with God. I don't need to go ask him. I'm joking, of course. But we, we, we judge ourselves. Paul said if you judge yourself, then you have no need to judge others. So we maintain our fellowship with the Father. But more than that, we maintain our fellowship with each other. We need to make sure that we're right with each other. The Bible tells us, the scripture tells us how, how pleasant it is to God when his children dwell in peace and and God wants us to have fellowship together with one another and we maintain that. Uh, Then we said a servant of God is flexible, servant of God is flexible. Now we're not flexible on doctrine. When it comes to doctrine we don't waver. But you know if if Bob wants purple pews, let's get purple pews. Doesn't matter. I can sleep in a purple pew just as good as a, a blue pew. Uh, so we 're flexible in, in areas that are not doctrinally important. we We learn to get along, dwell at peace. Uh, next, a servant of God is focused. Paul said this one thing I do. Paul was focused he didn't he didn 't let what happened in the past or the distractions around him he didn 't let those things sway him from his service to the Lord. He was focused on, what? on his purpose and he was focused on the will of God. So a servant of God is focused. A servant of God is forgiving. Forgiving. Don't hold grudges. And, and, and you know, I mentioned earlier, sometimes when, when married couples are having trouble and they come and sit down and talk with me, One of the two will will say, well, five years ago, whoa, stop. Listen, we're having trouble today. We can't go back five years and start dealing with things. Don't dig up those skeletons in the past. Forgive and forget. Never bring them up again. When we ran our school here and I was a principal, uh, sometimes teenagers would mess up. And I had to call them into my office and I had to sit them there, and and they, they may not want to admit it, but it didn't matter how big and tough they thought they were, they'd all break down and cry. And I used to tell them this, look, you messed up. Now there are consequences for messing up. And I can't forgive the consequences. You're going to deal with that, but I do forgive you for messing up. And when we walk out the door, it's done. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Listen, we need to just be forgiving people. Forgive those that have have done you wrong. And we're to forgive as the Father forgave us. Hey, do you want God to hold grudges with you? Do you want God to continually judge you for all the things you've done in the past? I don't. I'm so thankful that God forgives. And he cleanses, he forgets. So that's a servant of God must be forgiving. Eleven, a servant of God is a finisher. Paul says, I have finished my race. Be a finisher. My prayer to God is that I will, if, if I live to be a hundred, oh, please, if I live to be a hundred, I don't, I don't want to live to, listen, I work, I work in an in a elderly health center. I see hundred-year-old people. I don't want to live to be a hundred. I can tell, I promise you that right now. We've got one little lady. She's the sweetest thing you ever saw. She's a hundred and four. She wakes up, fixes her hair, has her hair fixed. She puts on her little Barbie doll clothes. It's beautiful, just immaculately dressed. We wheel her out into the dining room, and she sleeps. And that's all she does. It's sleep. I don't want to. I don't want to be a hundred years old. But if I live to be a hundred, I want to. I want to die. Like Zelda, a finisher. That woman, we were privileged to know her. We really were. That's what I wanted. I tell the Lord, I want to be a finisher. I don't want to quit. I want to keep on going. And then we said a servant of God is content, and contentment is such an important characteristic to have. Just be content, be satisfied. Be happy. Be content with such things as God has given you. How many of you believe here that God provides all we need? Then what more do we need than what we have? If God is faithful to give his children such things as they need, then that would mean you have everything you need or God is negligent. Do you think God is negligent? So you have what you need. And God knows what you need better than you know what you need. That's not to say we don't want more. We always want more. But be content with what you have. You know, I I used to pray, God, give me this. And God, please, I need. God, I want. And one day I, I, I realized when I was praying, you know what? That's stupid to pray that way. God has already given me what he knows I need to have. So instead of praying, God, give me more, I started praying, God, thank you for what I have. Thank you for what you've given me. Help me to appreciate it and help me to use it wisely. And you know, when you, when you develop that attitude of contentment, everything just is so, it's so, it's so pleasant in your heart because you learn to be happy. You learn to be happy. So contentment. I don't, I don't want to preach a whole message on Number 13, a servant of God is consistent. A servant of God is consistent. We saw from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that we are to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding. Uh, so that brings us... Oh, no, actually I had one more I, I, I gave us and that was a servant of God is cooperative. And the 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 cooperative, the definition of cooperation has two applications. And we need to be cooperative first with the Father in in obedience to the will of God, serving the Lord uh, according to his will and purpose. But we also need to be cooperative with one another and with those around us. Now, not cooperative again, not cooperative cooperative to the point, that we compromise doctrine or, or, or we, we forsake truth. But we are to be in cooperation. We're to dwell in unity of one heart, of one mind. We're to be in, in, united in our, in our service to God. So that brings me to point number 15 on our study sheet. And that is a servant of God is compassionate. A servant of God is Compassionate like you should be uh, in the book of Jude, look at verse 17. We read here, But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion, making a difference. I don't think we've prayed yet, so let, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time we have. I pray that your spirit would instruct us, and I pray, Lord, that you would... Teach us today and use us in your service, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Of some have compassion, was the words of Jude. This is referring to such who have gone astray, who have been drawn aside. Of those who are simple and ignorant and out of the way. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 14 we read now we exhort you brethren warn them that are unruly comfort the feeble minded support the weak be patient toward all men. We're to, we're to be compassionate people. A servant of God is to have compassion. We're to be compassionate such as Christ was compassionate. Christ was Very compassionate, was he not? He showed mercy unto those who who needed mercy. He helped those who needed help. He chastised those who needed to be chastised. But the Lord had great compassion for all men. God is a compassionate God. People misunderstand God. When When we say God is love, he is indeed love. But may I remind us that God also has the attribute of justice and judgment. You know, when I was a, you, you ever grow up and had your parents tell you, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you? I always wanted to say, well, Dad, let's spark up the deal here. <laughs> but you know, when I became a parent, I realized that's true. It hurts to discipline your children, it hurts to say no. It hurts to make make them do things they they don't want to do. But we do it. Why? Because we love them. We have compassion for them. And we know what's best for them. And so we, we make them obey. God is a compassionate God. And we're to be compassionate as his servants. But that doesn't mean we're to be blinded. Like the three monkeys, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. When we see things, we, now we need to have the right attitude and the right spirit. But when we see the things that ought not be done, we need to, we need to speak up in love and compassion. If we see a fallen brethren, we're to go to them. That's what, that's what Paul said in Thessalonians. Uh, exhort your brethren, uh, or exhort brethren. Warn them that are unruly. Warn them. Hey, you know, uh, you might want to think about that. Warn them that are unruly. When, when I hear people say, uh, use God's name in vain. And you know, people think that means cursing. That's not what it means. Using God's name. God's name is so holy. God's name is so holy that when we evoke the name of God, it had better be for his glory or for prayer. But people go around and they say, oh, GD this and Om, OMG. And I tell them, you ought not do that. You ought not. I used to tell them that at work. You ought not do that. And I'd explain to them why. And after that, when they would do it, they would go, oh, sorry, Dalton. I'd say, don't be sorry to me. Be sorry to the Father. We're to to warn them that unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. We're to have compassion. Look to people, you know, you can tell when something's not right with someone, can't you? I'm pretty sure we're all, we're, we're, as parents, we're all, we can tell when something's not right. If you see a brother or a sister who maybe looks a little down, go to them and just say, hey, how you doing? Don't be nosy. Don't be prying. Just go to them and say, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm, I'm, I notice you don't, you look a little down today. Is everything Okay. Uh, you know, let's. I'm here. I'm here for you. Let's pray together or something. Comfort the feeble-minded. We're to have compassion. <clears throat> We're to have compassion on those who 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 through sin or infirmity, through the forces of temptation, uh, uh, have have fallen. They've they've fallen back. Those who are uh, tractable, which means to be reasonable and open to conviction. Those who are convicted and wounded in their conscience for their sins and mistakes would have compassion on on one another. Isaiah chapter 1, we read, Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Let us reason together. To these, compassion is to be shown by praying with them and for them with passion and affection, instructing them in meekness, giving friendly and brotherly reproof if needed, expressing a tender concern for their good, doing them all the good that can be done, both for their souls and for their bodies. This is what it means to be compassionate, If we are truly servants of the Lord, then we will love his children as he loves his children. We will show mercy as he shows mercy. We will forgive as he forgives. We will will do for others as he does for you. Turn with me, if you would, to Galatians. Let's all go to Galatians chapter 6. and I'll begin reading at verse number one. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto them that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. That's a sermon right there. We could just say amen and go home and apply what we just read. What more needs to be said when it comes to having compassion? We just need to love one another. Why should we show compassion to others? Because God is a God of compassion. Christ is a merciful high priest. And a contrary spirit to to this is grieving to the Holy Spirit. Saints should consider what they themselves were and what they now are. Think back. Think about yourself. What were you before Christ redeemed you? And what are you now? And and have the same expectations and offer the same mercy and, and, and compassion to those around you. In verses 1 through 3 again. Paul said, if, if, if a brethren be overtaken in a fault. You which are spiritual. That's a big word right there. Are you truly spiritual? You which are spiritual. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself. Remember Paul's admonition in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in verse 10. He says but by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me. A servant of the living God is compassionate. And we too must be compassionate. But then, number 16, <clears throat> a servant of God is competent. A servant of God is competent. 2 Timothy 2.15, study To show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Approved unto God, Paul writes. Not unto men as pleasing them, for those who study to please men are not the servants of Christ. Uh, we're, We're close to it. Let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And here in two Timothy chapter four, Paul writes, beginning at verse one, "I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, teachers having itching ears." And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Listen, we're not, we're, not, we're not trying to please men here. We're trying to please the Lord in all that we do. The first tendency when we talk about being approved unto God would be to apply this to false teachers. But there are many who use their opportunities to preach or teach to glorify themselves rather than to glorify God. I've been to some, some seminars where all the preacher preaches about is himself. He'll preach a 45, 50 minute message and not once will he talk about God's glory, but he'll talk about all that he has accomplished and done in his life. I don't care what he's done in his life. I only care about what God has done in his life. So we must be careful here. Sometimes, remember, those that are approved by men are disapproved by God and Christ. A servant of the living God is competent. He or she is able to give a reason For the hope that is in them. 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Speaking out the gospel openly and freely with all sincerity as in the Spirit of God. Commending themselves to Him and to every man's conscience by manifestation of the truth. (coughs) Where do we find truth? The Word of God. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. This is truth, my friends. And we are to be competent in using the word of God. And such who are will hear well done, good and faithful servant. So a servant of the living God is compassionate. Compassionate. He has love in his heart. He has compassion for the father. He has compassion (coughs) for his brethren. He has compassion for the lost. Love thy enemies. The servant of the living God is competent. He studies the word of God. He or she studies the word of God. they, They know the scripture. They can use it effectively when talking to others. My prayer is that each of us will apply the lessons that we've learned to our life and that we too will become servants of the living God. A lot of people consider themselves to be a servant of God. But if you put their life to the test, they fail miserably. Folks, it's, it's, a, it's a cloudy world we are living in now. The doctrines, the true doctrines of the Bible are so diluted in the average church, and I'm talking about Baptist church. It's high time that we as God's children go to the source for our doctrine. That's why here at Berean, the only textbook we have is the Bible. And the only word that is preached is the word of God. We don't, we don't deliver 40 minute lectures on how great we are. If I was to stand here to tell you how great I am, I could, I, it would take one minute. Because in me is nothing good except the Holy Spirit of God. Paul said, but by the grace of God I am what I am. So let us today, let us use the lessons that the Holy Spirit teaches us. And let's, let's fine-tune our lives according to doctrine, according to the Word of God. And then we can actually stand up and say, yes, I am a servant of the living God. All right, folks, that's all the time we have. Uh, Ten minutes, be back in here for the main service, and you are dismissed. dot